0: Guys, welcome back to D Plus Students. I'm Dakota. I'm Andy.
1: I'm Frankie Muniz.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm
2: so excited to have you on this episode. Yes, our new special guest, Frankie Muniz.
3: (laughs) No, I'm just Aaron, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just Chris.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) We have to cancel this episode. No one's excited anymore.
0: Well, welcome, Frankie Munez and Just Chris, um, <laughs> to our, our newest episode of D-Plus Students, in which we are reviewing Miracle in Lane 2, starring Frankie Muniz. It's yes. very applicable that you're here. I Thank Munez. you so
3: much for being our special guest this week.
1: Was I supposed to say something there? <laughs> I
3: don't know. Frankie <laughs> Frankie Munez has left the chat.
2: <laughs> oh, but Aaron's come back in. so. Uh, Aaron, yeah, oh, guys. welcome, Aaron. Yay!
0: <laughs> we love Aaron. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Did you, did you pass Frankie on the way in? <laughs> all right, guys. So, uh, your, your favorite D-plus students are all here together n- without Frankie Munez at this time um, to discuss Miracle in Lane 2. So who has seen this movie? I have. I, I have. think
2: I have, but if I haven't, um, I know in general what it's about.
1: I have not. This surprises no one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're looking at the poster, um, it's got Frankie Muniz front and center. He's lifting a huge trophy over his head. He's got a blue shirt on and what looks like a team of people all wearing matching shirts in the background cheering him on. It says Miracle in lane two at the bottom with the Disney Channel original movie uh, Signia in the top right corner. And it says Justin tried for a trophy. What he won was extraordinary. Ooh.
1: It's his father's love, isn't it?
3: <laughs> You're going to have Maybe. to watch and find out.
1: <laughs> it's his father's love or he invents the cure for cancer.
2: <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs>
1: Hey, the ironic thing is that I think Frankie Muniz does like uh he's a race car driver now, isn't he?
2: Is he? What?
1: Could not tell you what yeah, he's done. I'm pretty sure he quit racing or he quit acting and now he's a race car driver.
2: I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, if it is good for him, I've got zero idea.
1: He had a career from in 2008 he quit acting to pursue being a race car driver and then was like, you know what? This isn't exciting enough. So from 2012 to 2014, he did learn how to be the drummer of a band. Oh. What? Wow. Good for him. Is that real.
2: What a diverse pri- portfolio this little man has. You know? Frankie Munez we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come back Frankie Muniz. <laughs> yes.
0: Very oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. Just to just to reconfirm, who has seen this movie? I think just you and maybe Chris.
3: Yeah, I've seen it.
0: I'm also in the maybe. Okay,
2: well, Chris has seen it, you and Chris. So it's you and the Chris show again. I'm (laughs) still in the maybe bucket, but I know what
0: the movie's about for the most part. I got to be honest with you. I love it when Chris and I have seen the movie and no one else has. <laughs> it's been the trend for the last few episodes. So. <laughs> I feel a sense of camaraderie. With I do too. It's and we always have like,
3: we always have very similar opinions when that happens too. <laughs> so I'm always like,
0: yes, this is, this is a team effort. <laughs> I know that I said at the end of Rip Girls that I didn't like this one. I would like to take that statement back um, and say, I don't remember much about this one, so I yeah. can't inherently say if I like it or didn't. I think I remember, like, smiling at the end and being like, okay, but I can also tell you that I only saw this one once. Um, it was not something that I was seeking out. Okay, it's, it's just not brink, right? So it's not something <laughs> I am seeking out to need to, to watch again. From what I remember, um correct me if I'm wrong, was this movie like based on a true story, I think? Or I feel I, like
3: I, it was. I think it was, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, before we get
2: into it, Aaron's the only one that doesn't know what it's about. So Aaron, what do you think this movie is about based off the poster?
1: Who it's based on a true story, so that that narrows it down a little. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Munez is a child actor, I mean, I don't know who he plays. I don't know the character's name, but his character is uh formerly a child actor who goes into the world of race car driving and <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. he places looks like maybe ninth overall in two thousand four team Stargate <laughs> world tours <laughs> um I you know, I I, I don't know, he's a kid, he wins a race, he earns his dad's love. He saves the family business. He somehow saves the family business with his good, good good sports carring.
2: Okay. <laughs> I Classic like how Disney you kind movie. of turned this into a future autobiogra- <laughs> autobiography yeah. of Frankie Munez. <laughs> that man was ahead of his time.
1: In 2008, he does win a, uh, looks like a celebrity race.
0: Well, that's cool.
1: I don't know if this is a race car race or a foot race. It is not a race.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with a race car race, but the number of celebrities that are also race car drivers is not very many. However, I did not know that he was one, so maybe there are more out there. I only know of Patrick Dempsey, so I didn't even know that. I
1: would also really like to see a celebrity foot race. I said, it seems like something Neil Patrick Harris would be into, though, right?
2: Yeah, well, he's into (laughs) everyone. Well, also now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just remembering like all the BBC actors have some sort of (laughs) clip of them driving a race car. Have you guys seen Mm -hmm. that? Like, I think David Tennant and Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberpatch. I've I've seen videos of them all driving a race car and freaking out, and it's precious. (laughs) Is
1: is that for Top Gear? Or
0: I was like, they were probably all on Top Gear. (laughs) (laughs) We'll Google this. We'll investigate. Well, obviously, this guy's name is Justin. Yes, yes. And other than that, he looks like a I know Justin. that it's it's not real race car, right? It's like a it's like a box car kind of thing. I think oh, so. It's yeah,
1: like I a believe little so. Rascals esque race, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I feel Actually. like it's like
2: a like a kid. Yeah, like a build your own race car fair mm-hmm. race yes. or something like that. I feel like yeah. the stakes are higher, but
0: anyway okay miracle in lane two not to be confused with miracle in any other lane correct hmm. um, so I'm gonna assume here's here's what I'm going to assume because again I don't quite remember uh, but miracle in lane two would refer to this kid being in lane two and he wasn't supposed to win and he wins obviously that's gonna be what happens because obviously he's holding a trophy and that's basically what this whole thing says but and I remember that like I remember the the scene of the race happening but i'm going to be honest with you like i can't remember why is it strange that he wins you know so, and, and i mean I'm sure i
2: kind of yeah. do we want to do this spoiler if chris and i are the only ones that know it like, should I we, would should prefer we, he, not. I want to find okay. out.
3: Yeah, okay. but but there is a reason, and you'll you'll find out probably very. I think very, I very know. Early. I think I, yeah, I do. Yeah, just, just as soon really as you as you see Frankie. Oh, okay, Munoz. okay.
0: No, now now I remember. Okay, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now yeah. that you say that, it's something that I will immediately know. Yeah. Then yes, I I know why I will know this, and we obviously don't want to let Aaron know this. Okay. So, mm-hmm.
2: so yeah, I. Don't think I've seen this movie, but as clearly as as I've been able to glean, I know enough about it. I know enough about Justin's character. I do believe it's based off a true story, but I'm not sure. Um, And then we're pretty sure there's some kind of boxcar, but more official-sounding race that happens. That's literally it. I know that big main point. Um, I know one of the other actors that's in the movie, and that's all I got. I got the feeling Mm -hmm. that... I remember this movie coming out and I remember it being a big deal a because I think Frankie Munoz was already a star and also yeah of course he was he was in everything but also because of the miracle that that is in the title and then but I feel like I knew off the bat it wouldn't be my type of movie so I just Mm -hmm. I don't know if I went out of my way to watch it so I'm pretty sure I never did.
3: Yeah, this is definitely one of those movies that like I've only seen because it was on TV in my house and I was in the room Um, would not have like sought this out at all. But I feel like we're in like a part of the Disney Channel original movies where they're all kind of forgettable and like nobody really knows them like we did. (laughs) Um, Well, this was probably a big one, but I didn't remember this movie happened until the last episode where we said we're doing it next.
2: I know I know another actor that's in the movie. It's actually one of the actors from Brink. And, yeah, obviously, again, Frankie Muniz was a big deal. I think this was part of when Disney was doing, like, quote-unquote meaningful films. Like, I think it, it's, again, it's not, like, racial bias like um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like The Color of Friendship was. But I think the fact that this is another, like, true story miracle, that it was, like, trying to be, like, more heartwarming family flick. More than, like, Fantastic Flick.
0: Oh, mm. it's got Patrick in it. Sure.
1: Is Patrick right? the Black that's, Power Ranger? That's the,
0: that's the... It's the friend from Brink. The the good um, friend. The nice one. The the best friend. And he's also in um So Weird. Yeah, that's the guy who's in it. <laughs> what was really funny was that my dad... We were scrolling through Disney Plus the other day trying to pull up Hamilton. <laughs> um, and we were at my parents' house. And my dad was like, so weird... That was like a TV show, right? And it had like two seasons. And I was like, "Yes, yes, it did." And like my dad was like, "That one was really good." And I was like, "Yes, it was. Let's watch it." But we didn't. But anyway, all right, go watch. So weird. It's, that's relevant. I promise that's relevant because Patrick is in that. Really?
3: Show. <laughs> that's so cute.
2: Yeah. do Do we have any other feelings? We've got big spoilers that are main character spoilers that we know. We know. This is a thing with the poster. It's like again, it's we know it's a true story, so it's gonna have like, or we we think it's a true story, so it's gonna mm-hmm. have a a pretty good ending. We're assuming, obviously, color of right. friendship. There is a death that doesn't that isn't talked about in the film. I don't know if that's true for this movie. Is the miracle in
1: lane <laughs> two uh, that Frankie Muniz is a ghost? <laughs> is he a pale little boy ghost?
3: Yes. Yep. It's a ghost um, movie
2: absolutely this is coming right off of r.i.p girls um and now we've got little ghost boy
3: i'm just gonna say aaron don't get your hopes up okay because we did for r.i.p girls and look how that turned out
0: (laughs) so i I am gonna say here that i just because i went into imdb to look up who else was in brink and, and who was in this movie and and I say all of that. the the kid when I was mentioning so weird a minute ago, it's the kid who's also in so weird. So he apparently was doing a lot for Disney at this time, is is what I'm meaning um, with this. However, it does look like there's another movie poster as well. Um, and it has a different little tagline. It's got Frankie Muniz looking very excited, and it says "Big plans, big dreams, and they're about to happen in record time." Um, which I I like oh, that cute. tag. Oh, I think that, that would have been a, a a better tag for the main one. Yeah, I like that tag better cuz
2: also like in our photo um that is that seems to be the original or the the official Disney Channel original movie photo like we already know this guy wins a trophy. So <laughs> I feel like that puts <laughs> off a lot of um the stakes as Dakota would say, but we'll see. There's a lot of other stuff happening in this movie, I'm assuming. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll watch it and come on back. Ow ow
1: is the dog on the scooter in this I- one?
2: <laughs> no. It would be better with a dog on a scooter, though. Specifically a beagle, if they could find one talented
0: enough. <laughs> a beagle on a scooter. <laughs> We showed my mom the picture and she definitely saw a beagle on a scooter. So I don't care what anyone else says. There's a beagle <laughs> on a scooter.
3: I still have no idea what you guys are talking about with that. <laughs> oh my I know God. it's great, but I have no idea. I stared at the I'll... poster and I was like, "Huh?"
0: I put a tag in Instagram. <laughs> Chris, come on. Now. I don't
3: I don't see it. I'm so sorry. Rude.
0: <laughs> okay, God, so it's upside down. Anyway. <laughs> there's,
2: there's another fun fun detour is I I had a friend when when the world was open and we were in our office, we were in an open, um, open concept. And my friend was listening to our podcast from another computer and she was listening to Brink. And suddenly from across the room, I just hear, oh, my God, I see a dog on a scooter. <laughs> oh God. And it was so good. It was such a great office moment.
3: <laughs> oh, my God, I see it now. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> Beagle on a scooter! Yes! I had, to,
3: like, I had to, like, hold it back a little bit. Maybe I'm getting old too, dang. <laughs> oh my god, it is.
2: <laughs> okay, well, bringing it back to Miracle and Lane to <laughs> Brink, although Brink is wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see what else happens. Aaron, do you have any other guesses based off what we've kind of talked about?
1: Yeah, I, no, I don't really have any other guesses. I'm interested because I like Frankie Muniz. Kind of, I mean, he was alright at this time. He was probably like just getting started. I think he really hit his peak like 2003. Uh, so this will be interesting.
0: I don't know. This had to have been around Malcolm in the
2: Middle, right? I think so. I didn't watch that show, but I knew he was. I didn't watch in that, that either. I also yeah, didn't he, watch he was, it. I feel like he was already big at this time, but we'll see. I don't I don't know anybody dates.
0: We'll see. So uh, join us. Uh, we're gonna take a little break, go watch the movie, and we'll come back and talk about it all.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe Frankie and Munez will join us for the second part. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we'll so. See.
0: That'd
2: be great. <laughs> hey guys, Andy here saying thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of D Plus Students. We want to say thank you to our friends Mike Rogers for the creation and use of our theme song, as well as our friend Rue for the creation of our artwork. Rue can be found on Instagram. Their handle is at rootbeer. That's at sign R-U-E-T-B-E-E-R. And they're doing some really cool stuff right now, so I would totally check them out. As always, I do, of course, want to say thank you so much for for joining us and that I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. There's still a lot going on with the pandemic, as well as protests, even though media coverage has died down. So overall, please stay safe, and I hope you guys are doing okay. When I was editing this episode, I actually thought it was going to be one of the shorter episodes on our list, but it turns out it's one of the longest, so sorry about that. wasn't intentional, but I think we had some some good fun in this episode, as well as some good discussion, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Leading you into the second half is going to be the end credit song from Miracle in Lane 2. So without further ado, I'll let you get back to the episode.
0: guys, welcome back from the break, and we're here to discuss Miracle in Lane 2. We all watched the movie, and I think that we're going to have a really great conversation around it. I just want to say that anything that I've said about this movie up until this point, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frankie Muniz. I'm (laughs) sorry for the at the end of Rip Girls when I wasn't excited. I'm so glad that I watched this movie, and I can't wait to talk about it.
3: Really? interesting
2: all right yes so should we get through a quick synopsis if we can yeah. yeah andy take it away oh my gosh i'm gonna do my best okay so uh <laughs> I can, i'm here to help okay i appreciate you it does start out uh with a, like we said it is based off a true story so we see a big like you know based off the true story of justin yoder is his name and he is a young man with spina bifida and he's in a wheelchair, and you see him um, as Frankie Muniz do kind of a voiceover intro to all of his health issues. I think he specifically says that her legs are linguini, and um, he talks about, like, how he's in and out of the hospital all the time. And how it's really difficult that he can't do things that a quote-unquote normal person can, specifically like his big brother, who is kind of a sports MVP. Uh, he does all of the sports at school and he wins all the big games. I think the season that this takes place is, is baseball season. And he talks about like kind of the issues with building up to that, wanting to be a part of that. His room is filled with trophies that are his brothers and he wants a trophy for himself. I think the show also, uh, I'm sorry, I think the movie also goes off um, to introduce another character, which is old man Vic, who is an angry older neighbor that you know doesn't like anybody um he's kind of like that mysterious house at the end of the street where like toys disappear like he gives off that vibe where like no one goes near his house because he's not friendly his lights are never on for some reason and he's just there and ornery and mean and justin is helping his brother and his friends hand out newspapers and in doing so uh justin finds a flyer for a um little league baseball tryouts and he wants to go um, again he wants to prove himself as a sportsman just like his brother and he coerces his parents into letting him go and this movie is filled really with lots of fun um, like quirky cutscenes through his imagination like he talks to god multiple times and god in his head is his favorite race car driver and uh whenever he has conversations with his parents his family is judge and jury so it goes in and out of like these fun surreal little clips um so you see his mother fighting on his side as i think he calls her a mama grizzly uh someone who's very protective of him and his differences and he convinces her to allow him to try out for the team and when they go to try out the coach says this isn't possible. This is we have a a team for special players, but this is a quote unquote normal team and we can't accommodate him. He won't be able
0: to uh you know run the bases, do all the things that everyone else on the team is doing. He quotes a um a high insurance premium or something like that as well because of the way they're playing the the game. Yeah, he could general. get injured and they're like, "Well, everybody can
2: get injured." And he's like, mm, "We don't have the insurance to cover this." And the mom, I think, says, well, if you won't let my one son play, I won't let my other son play, whose name is Seth, I believe. And it becomes this whole big thing. Justin actually gets sick during this interaction, and they go home, kind of defeated that he doesn't have a sport that he can play. And at one point, he and his brother get into an argument about winning a trophy, so um, He goes to a chess competition and brags that he's going to bring home a big trophy for his brother, Seth. And Seth's like, you've been playing for like two days. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> and it doesn't. Justin lies about his age to get into a younger gaming bracket because he thinks it'll help him win. Um, and he doesn't. He gets beat his first game by like a 10-year-old chess prodigy. And on his way, kind of out the door licking his wounds, he sees old man Vic with a very fancy sports car. And they're trying to win a car show. And they found out that... Uh, when, when Justin's talking to like the, the organizer he says well old man Vic's car is clearly the best but old man Vic is not friendly and we count dollars as a vote so he needs to talk to people to get donations in order to win so Justin goes up to him and kind of propositions him saying like I'll help you win this car or win this trophy if I get to keep it so he does he takes the donations box and takes over talking to everybody for old man Vic um using his charm as well as his disability to like bring people in and get him get votes and old man Vic wins he says that he will have the trophy engraved with Justin's name on it and it'll be delivered in a week or so so then we get flash forward to um, Justin waiting for this package that doesn't come And then while he's out, uh, Old Man Vic stops by and lets Seth know that he has a package for him, which leads to Justin going over to his house, finding his garage open and thinking that he sees the trophy box on like some top shelf. Uh, He tries to get it down by using like a broom or something as leverage to like knock it off the shelf. And in doing so, he knocks over this entire, you know, rickety shelf filled with hardware On top of the nice old car. So he does a lot of damage. And I think at one point the car actually gets bumped and it's not parked apparently. So it rolls down like the hill and hits a bunch of garbage cans. So this car is now like completely wrecked. And Justin is now forced to help out old man Vic to kind of repay the damage. equity. Yeah. Yeah. So he's now like doing chores for him around the house and helping clean the garage and things like that and fixing fences. You know, anything that old man Vic needs done, Justin is now kind of his gopher. There's one section of Vic's property that is off limits, and it is his shed. And of course, one day um, after he and Vic kind of have a rapport, Vic leaves him alone at his house, and Justin decides that it's a good idea to go explore the shed. And when he walks in, he finds that it's full of trophies old racing trophies with an old school projector and he turns it on and sees videos of Vic and his young daughter winning lots of soapbox derby trophies and races and of course Vic walks in is very upset that Justin has betrayed his trust and invaded his privacy and kicks him out but having seen all this paraphernalia gives Justin the idea that he there's a new sport he can try So he brings it up with his parents that he would like to try being a soapbox derby racer. And through doing so, they agree that they can do it. And Justin goes to Vic to apologize and also to ask for his help because no one in his family knows about soapbox derby racing. And clearly Vic does. His shed is full of trophies. So reluctantly, Vic kind of takes him under his wing. They go to scout out different races show him like one of the number one rules is you can look at the cars but looking like inside like inspecting a soapbox car is um a big no no. It's really not fair because the way I did not know this, the way soapbox derpy works is all racers um need to be the exact same weight, which is why it has to do with you kind of fussing with the weights that you place within the vehicle and how well you steer, which is how you win like it's a it's a race that's totally gravity led so that seth is at first like making fun of it thinking there's no skill involved like it's gravity whoever you know wins wins but that's where the technique and the shape of the racer comes in it's all about the car and the driver together can weigh no more than 250 pounds And then you make your car and, you know, you light enough that you can place additional weights in strategic places around the car to give you an edge. So that's why looking in another car is a big no-no because you'd be stealing their techniques. So then this kind of the whole rest of the movie is essentially him working on his racer with his dad um, and Vic and off uh, going on and off to different races. And people are just excited that he gets to do it. it. His parents are specifically like it's not about winning. He just gets to have fun. He gets to race for the first time and be in a competitive sport for the first time. And then kind of the B-plot of this is that Seth is feeling very put out in that, you know, he's excelling at all these things that, um, again, quote unquote, normal kids get to excel at. He is amazing at sports. He's constantly the MVP. He's playing baseball and pitching no hitters. But because of Justin's medical issues, as well as the bills that stem from these issues, his parents are always busy. They're not there to support him. And um, Dad's works two jobs, you know, can't spend his free time with him, and now is spending his free time with Justin building this racer. So he feels really neglected. And it's uh, discovered that Seth is also seeing a psychiatrist to help him out for these things. The movie, like, touches briefly on on that. Uh, There's a very tough scene involving that realization but most of the rest of the movie is about Justin improving uh, in his racing because most soap car boxes soap box derby cars Geez, mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> have foot brakes because you need to. You do need to stop at the end of the race, um, but obviously Justin does not have working leg muscles, so he cannot. So his dad and Vic create a handbrake for him to use, and he's been using that successfully this whole time. And at like one of the preliminary races to like the big, I'm assuming national race, he has an issue where one of his illnesses is means that spinal fluid uh, builds up in his brain. And right before the big race, he starts getting a headache, um, but he kind of ignores it. He just wants to get the race finished with. And he goes and towards the end of the race, he blacks out. He passes out. He crashes because his spinal fluid has built up. It hasn't drained properly and um, they need to rush him to the hospital and he has lost the race. And then after, you know, recovering and speaking with his parents about how if we're going to keep doing this, safety needs to be paramount. You cannot ignore signs like this just because you want to race. We'll let you do it again, but only if you promise. Um, they find out that one of the kids, uh, or the kid that beat him in that particular race has dropped out for some reason so that he now qualifies to go to the biggest race. And while there, One of his top competitor's parents looks into his vehicle and finds a handbrake. And the day of the race, they have to hold a kind of trial because a handbrake is against the rules. All cars need to be made identically, essentially, and they need to be manned with a footbrake. And they're all like, well, he doesn't have working leg muscles. He cannot use a footbrake. If you do this, you're discriminating against people with disabilities and people with differently abled working legs and things like that. And the panel is basically going to throw it out they're just going to say well it's not fair for everybody else everybody else worked hard you know discounting the fact that Justin and his family have worked equally hard if not harder to come up with these workarounds and they're about to pass judgment when Seth comes in and says that he learned about you know something about the freedom of freedom of press I think and he called every news station within like a two hour distance and called them all so he opens the door and like hundreds of news people come in with cameras and microphones and they're like you're about to pass judgment onto whether or not people with disabilities can participate in this race i have news crews here watching for your answers and they fold unhappily they fold and justin is able to race and he wins and it's really great and they talk about how this was such a big deal because he is the first person to race with a disability as well as they changed the rules to allow handbrakes so that more people with disabilities can participate in this race and the handbrake that they created is now known as the Justin Brake so that I believe is all the main points in the end of this movie did I do it? yep great job <laughs>
1: You're forgetting that at the very end of the movie there is a scene where he asks God if handicapped people are still handicapped in uh, heaven. And he opens up the gates of heaven to show him that only disabled people get in.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that ending was so confusing to me. That was was a
2: weird, weird insert. But yeah, (laughs) I got
3: nervous because I was like, did he die and he's entering heaven now? Like, is this how the movie's ending? I was so confused for a minute.
0: Yes. Well, we did definitely grab our phones at the end of the movie <laughs> because we were like, how long ago did this kid's story happen when this movie was filmed? So, And this is, this DCOM came out in 2000. Um, the race was in 96.
2: The movie came out right. in 2000. And right. um, Justin... Justin Yoder again real person real family he is still alive and well he is 33 years
0: old and that's that's the de- that's the depth of my knowledge but i did look Right, up 30, that is yeah. okay yeah that's what we <laughs> tried to google because we were like you know did this happen in the 70s and this is a re- like we're a retelling or like you know did this just happen and it had happened really recently yeah disney wasted no
2: time with this movie and right. actually
0: they um they filmed this movie in march of 2000 and released it in may of 2000 dang yeah they were yeah. they were on us nice. yeah, yes,
1: um also googling, I did discover that the screenwriters for the film were Don Yost and Joel Kaufman, both of which were members of the church that Justin went to, so
0: yes, I saw oh. that oh. So I tried to Google these guys to see if they had written anything else, and I found where they were alums of a college that is actually the college that the real Justin um, go like went to has goes to in the future, I guess. And but I, I couldn't really find anything else they wrote about in the information. It seems that they like pitched a couple of movies, but they're very very religious, um, and so I don't know. What kind of impact that had? Um, that's not necessarily something you see a lot in Hollywood, especially kind of in the 90s and 2000s. I feel like, um, I mean, there's that there there are definitely areas for that, but uh, for people because it specifically says that they w- were living in the Midwest and wanting to remain in the Midwest, you know. Like I don't, I don't. I think that there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things in Hollywood and in New York that like you don't necessarily go to the Midwest to find people to do these kinds of things, right. mm-hmm. unless these like these guys had this story and I guess they were pitching it and Disney probably bought it or you know what have you. I'm sure that that's what happened. Yeah. But they actually um, were outlining a story that they were thinking about doing and it was basically the entire plot of um, what's that movie called? Uh, the Blind Side. Oh, okay. Oh. So that's interesting. Which is also based off a true story. So is this? Uh,
2: I don't know how long ago the true story was. The guy it's based off is still alive, but
1: yeah, I believe two years ago he retired from the NFL. So
0: okay, yeah, like I remember watching. Um, he played for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I remember watching a Super Bowl that he was there for, a part of in some way, I believe. So okay, um, but anyway, I digress. Um, apparently those guys like to make like real story kind of movies. So those heartwarming types of things. So anyway, but they brought us this story and I have a couple of things to say. First of all, I have to say that I really liked this one. I think I liked it a lot more than I thought that I was going to. I I barely picked up my phone to do any kind of Googling (laughs) or or any kind of bored TikToking during the middle of the movie, which seems is kind of a theme for me, like especially if I know what's going to happen. Or if I've seen it a bunch of times, sometimes I'm like, eh, okay, okay, okay well, we'll watch part of it. But I didn't do any of that. As things were happening, like as Justin has this big blue drink, I was like, oh, he throws that up here oh, in just yeah. a minute. Like I remembered that happening, even though it was pretty obvious that that was going to happen. But then there were things that I didn't re- Like I didn't remember him talking to God as the race car driver. And that is so genius and like... The set that they had and the smoke and the different lighting and the costumes that they're using for God and like just it being a part of like a garage and it's perfect. It looks very like Grease Lightning like as well in there. I mean it just like that was genius and I really love like the production value of that and everything that they did with that. Um, I've got a lot of love for the parents. We can get back around to that and that relationship and that dynamic. Um, I also really love Seth, and I think that we have a lot to talk about with that as well. I hate Justin, okay? (laughs) Thank you. Justin is the absolute worst. He doesn't care about anybody except himself. Even when it's all about him, it still has to be all about him in the way that he wants it to be about him. He's like, oh, I have a headache. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you have a headache? The world is ending. We've got our go bags. We're calling the hospital. We've done this 24 other times because you've had 24 surgeries so far. So, like, we're getting ready and we're doing all these things. And then he's like, um, guys, it's just a headache. It's not that kind of headache. And I was like, listen here, little boy. Okay. Like, you understand that your parents spend a lot of money and have spent a lot of time worrying about you. I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine the amount of worry that I would have. Like, every day about my kid, especially, just in general, but then especially a kid with with a disability like this. And then you say the word headache. Like, you could choose some other words. Or you could say, (laughs) everything's fine, but my head hurts. But no, you say the word headache, and then everyone, you gave people enough time to react. And then you're, like, perturbed that they got flustered. Anyway. I got a lot to say about Justin because I think he's entitled and I think he's selfish and I think he's rude and he has no regard for anybody else and he disrespects Vic and he's, like, pretentious and he thinks that he can do – anyway, I I really don't like this kid. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to let someone else talk about their feelings on Justin, but I just kind (laughs) of at first wanted to talk about, like, what I did like and I really want to circle back around to those things, but um, right now – I wanted to discuss. He's just the—he's the absolute worst.
1: Um. So I did some research just to figure out.
0: I'm concerned that no one's backing me up. <laughs> no, okay, go ahead, I agree with you. Well, that I have he's other thoughts.
1: I I totally agree with you. Um. However. But go ahead. Eric. I wanted to find out about more famous athletes with disabilities.
0: Cool. Ooh.
1: So. Obviously, there's are some, like, Oscar Pistorius, famous Olympian.
0: You say the word obviously at first. However, I'm not quite sure who that is, so can you give <laughs> us a history lesson?
1: Yes. He is from Johannesburg. He is amputated below the knee and has won, like... Oh,
0: yeah, and then he killed his girlfriend. Uh, let's not
1: focus on that right now. Maybe. Um, but he is known worldwide as the fastest man with no legs. Erin Popovich is she was born with a disorder that uh, her arms failed to like fully develop. However, she has won I think fifteen gold medals in different Paralympics uh, Sydney, Athens, London, and Beijing, and uh, obviously Bethany Hamilton. They did a movie about her called Soul Surfer, I think
0: oh okay it, she wrote oh, a book yeah. i had the book mm-hmm.
1: right there's a lot
0: yeah she, it was a shark attack it yep. was mm-hmm. yeah
1: so this is a i don't know it's a cool spotlight i enjoyed i'm not gonna read through all of this list but there's <laughs> yeah. some good ones
0: very cool <laughs> but that man did kill his girlfriend though.
1: i mean he did <laughs> ouch
0: but besides that <laughs> yeah Good story, but otherwise. he's a very good at running, <laughs> <laughs> like, both can be equally true statements. They are. <laughs> well, that's great, Aaron. Thanks for uh, for bringing us that spotlight. I like that.
1: Cool, Chris, Andy, <laughs> thoughts.
0: I mean,
3: I didn't like this movie whatsoever, if I'm being completely honest with y'all. <laughs> I've just been holding my tongue this whole time because I felt like I didn't want to be ostr- ostracized, like, the odd one out. But, you know, I couldn't wait for this movie to be over as I was watching it.
1: Hot take. Chris doesn't like disabled people. Go on. (laughs) I knew this would happen, too. Uh, (laughs) I was like, I have to like this movie. Tell us with your working legs how you dislike.
3: (laughs) And now I'm going to say it. I didn't like him either. He was annoying in that movie. I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know if I just don't like Frankie Muniz. Or like the comedy of the movie, um, but I did not like him. He was annoying. What else? I just, I don't like racing. I don't like sports things. I'm going to disagree. I didn't like that a racer was being God. That was weird to me. I get it. And maybe if it was like a woman's wrestler, and this is about women's <laughs> wrestling, my whole okay. idea would be completely different. But I just don't <laughs> think I'm the demographic for this. That's fair. And I was
1: just like, I can't wait for this to be over. Can we touch for a second on God's six sick, sick sideburns?
2: They were really <laughs> intense. So I they did were, Google yeah. because I wanted to know if that was a real thing. And I don't, I didn't, again, I didn't do a deep dive. So I don't know if maybe this is based off a different person that they stylized for the movie. But the, the racer's name in the movie is Bobby Wade. And in like, he not just has a, you know, imaginary relationship with Justin Yoder but he does apparently as an old friend of Vic's he also comes by the hospital and um, you know is, is making nice with him and then gives him a shout out on TV so I don't know if this is based off a real experience but I googled and Bobby Wade is not a real person so <laughs> he did not have these six sick sideburns but they were intense. They were, like, big, like, obtuse angles that went from, you know, the hairline all the way, like, down to his the side of his chin. They were crazy.
1: So there was a Billy Wade who died yes. in an uh, accident uh. in 1970. So I don't know that he's the the person that they were basically yeah. on. Sideburns
3: like that?
2: I, in, unless, unless he's someone that Justin Yoder did really idolize, um that that could be the case but if he passed away in in the 70s Justin was only 12 in 96 so he wouldn't have actually met man
1: correct
0: right so i i really liked god as this race car driver person. if if god and i were having a chit chat i don't think that i would like to envision god as a as a race car driver however for justin and again for we talk a lot about disney moving movies being, like, an accurate portrayal of the age of the children in which, like, the actors and then the, and the children that are in the movie. And, like, my 12-year-old self would have totally had, like, a, a you know, with an overactive imagination, could have fantasized what God looked like. Mm-hmm. I don't remember explicitly trying to picture what he looked like, but I think that's a very cool image. And I really like Justin's imagination. Again, the only thing I like about Justin. (laughs) Okay, let's just talk about how he decided to roll up in this man's garage. First of all, you see that there are no lights on. Second of all, it wasn't even like your place to go and get that box anyway. He was coming back. He already told you that he was going to give it to you. He said a deal's a deal. You have no reason not to believe him. Also, it has your name engraved on it. He already told you that. So what is he going to do with that? Then, you see this extremely dusty garage with these rickety old shelves and you're like that man who although he was taller than justin is not like eight feet tall that man put my trophy all the way up here at the very tip top of this dusty rickety old shelf and it suddenly got six inches of dust on it (laughs) and um i'm gonna take this broom handle and i'm gonna knock it off and nothing's gonna go wrong and i I just oh (laughs) And then, he didn't learn his lesson then, because then he had to go and do the whole thing with the shed. Yeah. I was really... I really can't um, (laughs) with Justin. But I do like his imagination. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, I definitely have have mixed feelings about the character. I think that they goofed him up a bit more, you know, casting Frankie Muniz, who was, I believe, in Malcolm in the Middle at the time, Mm -hmm. and then making it more Disney-friendly. Because I thought maybe i'd seen this movie and after watching it i can say i definitely had not and for me that's because um movies based off of true stories tend to put me off because i know Mm -hmm. that to be based off a true story that means something sad has happened so (laughs) i agree so i tend to avoid movies that i know are purposely sad so i knew that you know Even though I hadn't seen it, I knew this was about a boy in a wheelchair winning a race. The fact that it's called Miracle in lane two made me think that something big happened. But really, it's just the fact that he essentially won a non-discriminatory suit before it went to court, essentially. Um, (laughs) Miracle's a stretch. Agreed. Right. Right. Like, I think that, you know, other other sports stories that have either it's been titled miracle or you know do we believe in miracles you know that kind of stuff makes more sense than he raced and he won because he was good at it um right but having gone like uh, essentially probably avoided this movie when i was younger to watching it now i think oh they did a really good job even though it's not my cup of tea to do um all of the surreal splices like again with the parents being the judge and jury Mm -hmm. and with um, Bobby Wade being God that was not what I was expecting and it made me appreciate kind of like the fluff a bit more like that they went out of their way to make this a an easier to digest story because I was expecting something that hit heavy and I wasn't sure if I would like that so I'm not sure how much of movie Justin is similar to real life Justin, but I agree he made a lot of really bad choices that did not reflect well on him. He was very um, in- entitled, I think you said, Dakota. That's a good word. Um, to-, to I said get- every word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> any any number of them.
2: So I, I think that that was very true. So not the most flattering depiction, but again, I'm not sure how much actually reflects on the real life Justin Yoder. But then also... We have to take into account this boy is 12 and he's lived a very rough life. I do have a personal experience with this in that my younger cousin has a disease that does not allow her to use her leg muscles. And she has been in a wheelchair for most of her life. I have very few memories of her not in a wheelchair. So I know personally that I have been through family situations um, and things like that that I don't want to share because I haven't asked her permission so I don't want to share any of her personal story but things that I have been like in the room for or around for made me have a greater appreciation for what someone like that has to go through because you can learn as much as you want but as an able-bodied person I will never know what it takes to do those things I was in a wheelchair for like three months, a couple years ago after breaking my foot and it sucked. I cannot imagine. And like, I broke my foot. So like if needed, I could still get up and hobble around. And obviously depending on the severity of your situation, that could or could not be true. My cousin, she's been in a chair most of her life and she, you know, has a bunch of able bodied cousins and we're not like all sports stars. I actually don't think any of us are. But, you know, we go running, we go hiking, we go down to the beach. Not We don't always think about the availability of every activity we do. And um, I just can't imagine needing to go through that every day of your life. It's, it's just I have a, an appreciation for the tough times, um, as I've seen through some of them. You know, it's a, whole, it's a whole thing that you have to figure out how to live through. I agree. In the movie, Justin's kind of a jerk, but I have no idea how much of that is played up to make the movie more enjoyable as a young person watching the movie.
0: Yeah, let me be very clear. Real Justin Yoder, if you ever are listening to this, um, we don't really think that of you. No. Um, (laughs) I just want to make it very clear that, like... And and I don't know, like, some of these might be based on real interactions. Like, how many times... I mean, I don't know. I don't have any siblings, but how many times have you told your sibling that you hate them or whatever? Like, you you know what I mean? So, like, that's just normal siblings just in general. Yeah. And we'll get to to that in a minute. Uh Um, However, I really do have... I have to stand pretty firmly like I'm really I'm so glad that you said all of this Andy because I I think that that puts it in perspective and you know to think about that I'm I'm looking at this through a lens of which I will um hopefully never have to be to the point where I can't use my legs so like I have no you know wiggle room or any way to say how I think he should or shouldn't act but the respect to Vic's garage and Vic's shed, like those are the things that is a 12 year old boy being an asshole. So, like, you know, and in that scenario, I really feel like he is, 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 uh, I can't, that's kind of something I can't get over.
2: No, I totally agree. And I wasn't saying all that to be like, you're a bad person for thinking that movie judge <laughs> no, is no, a bad I, person.
0: I, I know. I, I, know. I,
2: I totally agree. Like, when I was watching it, I'm like, anybody in, you know, in their right mind can tell this is a bad idea. It's going to go poorly. He is essentially trespassing and burglarizing and damaging yeah. property. Like, he wasn't making yeah. good decisions, um, and I did have a problem with that. But, again, I'm just not sure how much the movie made up versus how much is true. So I'm just, in the movie, yes, bad decisions galore, absolutely uh, not thought through or played for laughs, which I didn't really appreciate because, like you said, it doesn't make Justin a relatable character. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely part of the problem with the disconnect. Like the family situation, regardless of whether or not you have someone in your family that is differently abled, you can understand what that is. Everybody or, you know, most if you have a sibling, you understand sibling rivalry to any extent. If you have both your parents, you understand the idea of playing them off each other and the good guy, bad guy, or good cop, bad cop. Uh, you understand needing to rely on them when you're young, but wanting to assert, like, these are all very true themes. And I think they went out of their way a little bit to make Justin something of an other where you couldn't, you couldn't understand his decisions because his decisions were bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a good point. Hey, I have another um, but- uh,
1: thing here I just want to throw in. Yeah. So the writers of the movie went to the same church as the real Justin Yoder. Right. That was mm-hmm. a Mennonite church. What Mennonites are classified okay. as Anabaptist, which also includes groups like the Amish. So Interesting. Yeah, cool. to put this little perspective, they tend to dress um, normally as far as blending in with normal society. They're not quite as sequestered away as the Amish can be. But um, typically things like TV and news broadcasting are not things that their church teaches as a uh, strong values.
0: Interesting. So, <laughs> but if you went to public school but then again, like I don't I don't actually know. We we had Mennonites um a couple of towns over. I don't know if they went to public school or not. Yeah, and even though this I I guess
2: took place over the summer, even though it was baseball season, is baseball season summer? I know nothing. It um, is it, it is the be. summer sport. I think so. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you didn't see them go to school, but uh, as I said in the the wrap up, Seth does specifically cite something in his in his class about media, either truth in media yes. or freedom of the press or something, which is what led him to call all of these reporters.
0: Yes. Right. Um I I think something else to note that I was I was disappointed in a couple things. I was disappointed in the dad Um, at one point, not making it to Seth's game. Agreed. Um, and then, and then saying that he felt like if he couldn't cheer on one son in sports, then he shouldn't cheer on either son, Mm -hmm. but you have a son that's like an all-star that is like screaming for your attention by doing all of these things because he was a sports ball kind of star, the dad, I mean. And it, uh, it takes anyone with a pulse to see what, what Seth is going through. And in fact, the dad is taking Seth to some of his, his appointments, mm-hmm. his therapy appointments. So it just, it really ground my gears about the dad because I really like the parents overall. And I like how the parents talk about and talk to Justin. Um, and so that made me very disappointed in that dad um, in that instance. I just wanted to throw that out there yeah
3: like at the beginning when like he misses the game at first because he has to paint a house I thought like the story going forward was like you know why Seth goes to therapy it's that everything kind of revolves around his brother and so his parents are out working to pay for all the medical bills while they don't go to any of his things like his baseball games and whatever uh but when the father did say that to him about I don't want to go to like one son if I can't go to both that like I did not like that either
0: and that just sounds, like, I don't know if that was ever, like, a, a real quote. Um, I, in that article that I was reading a little bit earlier, it really does sound like Justin and Seth, the real life, Justin and Seth, um, definitely came to blows a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean that necessarily physically, but, but obviously kind of, like, the big fight that we see, like, that's a thing that I think happened in that time. And, again, super common for siblings just in general, mm-hmm. um, not trying to make it into anything bigger than it is. But it really sounded like in the article, because they mentioned, like, you know, that we're doing a lot better now. Um, And, in fact, um, Seth even says that he was really not involved at all in the boxcar thing or in the soapbox racing thing. And that he let that be him and his dad and his grandfather. His grandfather's actually the one that built the car. um, Oh, okay. Oh, cool. In real life. So, like, um, let that be their thing and, like, wasn't involved. So, we see a little bit of that, um, especially at the beginning as Justin's racing more, where so it's like reading a book, always the same book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how long it's taking him to get through this book, but uh, anyway, uh, I guess if it's a summer, it probably wasn't that long of a season, but yeah, just, just something to kind of, kind of mention with that, that it was, it was really, that one hurt my heart. hmm I get that.
1: Mm-hmm one last elephant in the room that i feel we would be remiss if we did not address um but sully from brooklyn Nine Nine has not changed yes. oh this. yes <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking
2: that too he is he is the the butt hurt dad that checks out justin's ride and tells the judges that he has a handbrake
1: mm-hmm. yeah but they have to like inspect the vehicles for like, weight and everything, make sure it's not illegal. So how did they not know there was a handbrake in there prior to... They're
0: probably... Ro- but it's it's got to be a finished weight, you know, because if Justin's, whatever they said, 79, 72, whatever pounds, it's 250, like, they, they aren't they aren't measuring the... Like, can you imagine if you were a kid and you had to go and get on a scale, which that girl says something about her weight at the end, and I want to talk about it, but... Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, I can't imagine that. No, they're probably rolling them across a platform, like already ready to go like a weighing station is what I would imagine
2: yeah but I agree like it's not a secret that Justin is differently abled so like how did he go to I mean maybe it's only a rule for the national race but like how did he get through all these preliminary things with people being like huh how does that kid use the
0: foot brake well maybe no one cared like no parent made a fit fuss about it so
3: that's true possibly
0: Yeah, it's true, but I just feel like if this is like an obvious rule, like how did nobody get notice this until the day of the final race? (laughs) So at the end, this girl he he asks this girl if she wants a cookie. And she's like, No, I'm watching the weight. I'm watching my weight. And he goes, Why, you're not fat? And my my hands just went up to my head and I was like, What are you saying? (laughs) You can't say that.
3: But that's a teenage boy thing to yeah, say. Yeah, that, that's a stupid
2: 12-year-old
0: boy
3: <laughs> yeah. take of a compliment. Oh, my gosh.
0: No. <laughs> like, I think I would have just, I, actually, I know what I would have done. You I'm, him. I'm pretty sure that, I'm sure people said stupid stuff. I would have just stared at him <laughs> and then walked away. Because I've told you guys about this icy stare. Oh, yeah. Have, and had in the past. <laughs> that's what I would have done. And then just walked away. That would have been Breaking
1: it. news, Frankie Muniz um, feels about fat people the same way Chris feels about disabled. <laughs>
0: Stop. All right, listen. Stop it, Aaron. Stop it. <laughs> I will not let you get away with this,
3: <laughs> I do think most of my hatred for this movie is not wheelchair people. It is Frankie Muniz. I just can't stand that man. I don't know what it is about him. I did not like Malcolm in the Middle. I did not like... Aging Cody Banks. Did you like Big Fat Liar? Uh, Like, not him in it. I feel like his comedy is, like, always the same, where he's just, like, annoying and everything.
2: I mean, I think that's true for, like, most child actors. <laughs>
3: true. But there's something about him that I just can't but, do. Uh, but
2: I agree. I think that because I, I've never seen Malcolm in the Middle, actually, but I'm assuming he's a snarky character. I know he breaks the fourth wall and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like, again, part of the draw was... Regardless of what true events actually happened, I think they definitely played up his mischievous side because it was more on brand for Frankie Muniz more than anything Mm -hmm. else. That's kind of the feel I got, which I agree, is part of the reason that Justin the
0: character is so unlikable. Yeah. Well, and Frankie Muniz does resemble Justin. Like, I mean, obviously a Hollywood glamorized version, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So a couple other things that I want to talk about. Um... I have nothing by way of fashion. I've already talked about how awesome God looks, so I don't have anything else to say <laughs> because nothing. That's such else a good comment, though. <laughs> really happens. I love so, how God
3: looks. <laughs> yeah, God looks great. Um, other you than that, that
0: nothing of merit. Um, typical jeans, typical T-shirts. Yeah, yeah I was wondering whatever. what you were gonna say. The best friend, the girl best friend, is wearing very strange color combinations because she's wearing like yellow at one point and then these green and kind of this rust color and thought they were strange colors but literally she's in like two scenes and no one cares so like it's not it's nothing to point out um i would like to talk about the parents yes Mm -hmm. because you see like the dad kissing the mom and the dad is also a professor who then also paints houses this is just interesting to me um, because he's got to make ends meet, and then the mom is a realtor who has like many showings, and she's Mama Grizzly and like power woman on the move. Um, I really love the parents, like the love that they share yes. um, and their dynamic. Um, specifically, at one point in time,
3: <laughs> I know you're. Doing. There's
0: some strawberry yeah. massage oil that that um, that Justin finds, and then later she says, "I'm in the mood for strawberries." Yeah, he's like, "Oh uh-huh. great," um, and I was like, "Oh man, this is." I can't believe this made it into this movie, these. Which again, which is why I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Frankie Muniz, like this this world of Justin Yoder, um, they they aren't Mennonites. Like I'm gonna go ahead and say maybe that because I don't think that. I just I find that very interesting and I'm I'm also have secondhand embarrassment really bad and I'm like I'm wondering what these people, these real life people that were being portrayed, like watching that scene back, were like, Oh my goodness, you know, I don't know, I don't know I don't know how much power they had over the script, but I can't imagine being them and watching that. Like I can't imagine being me if I had a real life thing happen to me and then watching that scene if those were my parents. Absolutely not. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> anyway i just i really love their love and again it's uh except for the dad saying that and and there's some there's some neglect and there's some trauma that goes along with that that again we can talk about a little bit with seth but as far as it being two parents that absolutely still love both of their kids um and just the the love that they have for each other um i like it i like that family dynamic
2: yeah i think the family played really well together and, again, even though some of the hijinks were a little bit, in, you know, on the insane side, I feel like the, the family reacted as a normal family. You know, there's sibling rivalry, there's feeling of neglect on both sides, there's uh, parental love for both their children as well as for each other, um, you know, working to make ends meet, but keeping on the bright side of things. Like, I thought they did the
0: family dynamic really well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, something else we've got to talk about. Is that crash? Yeah. Did anyone else, like, cover their eyes? Because I was horrified at, like, that crash scene. So, um, this this
2: might sound insensitive, but I, I wasn't horrified, but I was pretty sure that he finished first.
3: You know? That's what I was thinking, too. I didn't really
2: I care I was about watching the crash. it, and I, yeah, I was like, well, he'll be happy when he wakes up, because yeah. again, we know he's not dead, um, because it is based off a true story, and- <laughs> and b i'm pretty sure he finished first so he'll be really excited when he wakes up (laughs) like like i was like oh even even though this you know the movie is telling me that this is all about precision and by the end he was veering pretty spectacularly which is how he crashed he went off he went off the road but he Mm. went off the road after he crossed the finish line and i was pretty sure that he beat the other car by a pretty good mile
3: well if you're not conscious you can't win
2: yeah maybe maybe it was like he didn't he when you crash regardless like again if there's a breaking issue maybe you don't win but i don't know i thought that was really weird and i was pretty sure he won and then they're like oh he didn't win he doesn't qualify but there's always next year and then the the, the other dude miraculously drops out for some reason they don't i don't think they give a reason but they're like the winner of the race isn't going to participate so justin's in
1: plot power (laughs) (laughs)
2: but i'm sorry i veered that away i was not horrified um although it was scary but i i think part of it was i knew it was gonna happen so i was okay like the second he said he wasn't feeling good i'm like oh he gonna crash on the way down and then also this movie has 45 minutes left so he's okay
1: (laughs) i subscribe to the theory that he did in fact die in that crash and the whole rest (laughs) of the movie is like his uh (laughs) <laughs> his ghost is going through because i don't know what the recovery time for that brain surgery where they have to change the stents out is but apparently but not long. Right. i don't know that he's back behind the wheel that quick and like hanging out with his famous race car driver friend who was maybe also god so maybe god was letting him into heaven <laughs>
3: yes <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I, did, I I thought that crash was, it was very scary to me, but just, it, I thought it was very graphic. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's, but it was graphic for a Disney movie. Yes, that's true.
2: Like, there was no blood, but you see, you know, you see a full person crash a vehicle and he's all slumped and, you know, they have to drag him out at the end.
0: And then Seth is just, like, emotionally wrecked. Mm-hmm. Like, Seth has my heart. First of oh, all, yeah. I love this actor and I love him and Brink and I love him and so weird. So I just was, I just loved him. His characters were not th- I mean his acting was not that different than what who he kind of played in Brink except that he was like a brother instead of a best friend you know but I just I really really loved him he's one of Coda's BB's as Aaron says anytime I love someone specifically they're one of my BB's and
1: I would like to go on record I, to it, say <laughs> that I do not call them their BB's that Dakota calls them their <laughs> BB's <laughs> lies
2: <laughs> That's not true. You have <laughs> said that before. <laughs> so um, fun, fun fact about that actor, um, just because obviously we, again, uh, calling back to The Color of Friendship, that won um, an NAACP award. I was curious if this is also based off a true story, if it's won anything. And in addition to winning Director's Guild of America Award in 2001 and uh, Humanitas Prize also in 2001 in the children's live action category, the that actor whose name is Patrick Levis or Le- Levis L E V I S, won the Young Lady. Artist Award for young Aww. for young
0: supporting actor or supporting young Good actor.
1: For them. Yay! That's nice. We love them.
0: Very cool. Um, but Seth, you guys, like Seth is drinking like I don't know what it is, some kind of like something to coat his st- stomach or. <laughs> milk of magnesia I'm not really sure but he's drinking something like to be able to go to sleep like and he's it's awful
1: young to have that problem
0: yeah. yeah this man has stomach ulcers and like when when Justin goes off the rails and is like has this crash. Like, I'm sure that all Seth can r- realize in his brain is, like, the last thing I said was that I hated him or what. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the last real interaction we had. And, like, this man is wrecked and traumatized. And I don't think that Seth gets enough credit. Like, sure, at a couple of times, Seth is is, like... You're not going to be late to my game, right? Why is everything about Justin? Like, he says that a couple of times. Um, but he is the most caring and supportive big brother, I think, ultimately. Um, Because this one guy makes fun of Justin and he's, like, the first person to defend him. Anytime, like, oh, we have a headache and we're going to the hospital. Like, he's, like, grabbing the bags and things. Like, he's he's... Uh, he's very underrated in the movie and also i think seth is going through it and i wish that we had like it would have been very interesting to have written this movie from the perspective of seth or for seth to also be a narrator
2: yeah to see him going through it with his brother and again like time is weird in this movie not sure what his recovery is for certain procedures not sure um, you know what his what his timeline is different interactions but yeah this is like a cut scene almost from he and Justin's big fight where uh, Seth says you know I, I wish you were dead I hate that you're um, not normal I can't beat up on you like a normal little brother because you're you're so fragile and I can't do anything essentially to get this frustration out and then we cut to the big race where Justin crashes and yeah I, I agree that Seth is definitely feeling some trauma there I was kind of impressed also now that we know that the family itself in real life is is Mennonite. I personally am non-religious, but I kind of appreciated the fact that they didn't show any real prayer in the movie because sometimes they do. And you, I think the only prayer you see is Seth making a joke about like the food they're about to eat is bad. But when they're at the hospital later, you see the parents, you know, holding hands and looking at each other and making sure they're okay. And then you kind of cut to Seth who is off on his own head in his hands, like, hands clasped in front of him. Like, you can tell, even though the the movie does not narrate it specifically, that Seth is deep in prayer. And I felt like that was really deep and important because you always say stupid stuff to your siblings, assuming you have them. I've said stupid shit to my sister. She said stuff to me. And we're still sisters at the end of the day. Like, we don't wish harm on each other. And even though I'm assuming real-life Justin knew that real-life Seth would never mean that it's one of those things that you're just like this is the this could be the last thing I've said to this person this is this is how you know I'm going to be remembered or my last memory of being with them is me shouting terrible selfish things at them and that is extremely scary and I totally agree that Seth Seth carried a lot of emotional baggage in this movie even though the movie was not based around him and I thought that was one of the things that it did really well
0: And that's, like, a thing, you know, people saying mean things to each other, and then someone gets into a car crash and passes away, and, like, you can't get that time back. And, like, that's a real thing that happens to people, unfortunately. Um, So, it was hard. It was also hard to listen to Justin um, say some really negative things in regards to Seth's mental health and use that as a, as, like, a knife to dig into his chest, especially. like. In the screaming at each other in the yard in front of his friends, like first of all, not appropriate to really say anyway, but then especially in this setting, and I'm not going to repeat it because it was like so bad that and and it was also very two thousands something that you would say, but it was like it was hard for me to kind of listen to and 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 like I I don't know how I would have reacted having things like that said to me and then seth's just like rolling with it because basically because the frankie Muniz characterization of justin like gets whatever he wants and like justin can just say whatever and then you know we keep it moving because it's justin so yeah i agree it's one of those
2: things that like regardless of disability like i feel like every sibling feels that about their other sibling like i when i was growing up i thought my parents were way too lenient on my sister and she got everything and she got a higher allowance and they treated her with you know uh she can do whatever she wants and i was like that's not fair i didn't grow up that way um but obviously it's heightened when there are things like medical issues and mental health involved and um i think i i I also won't repeat it out of respect but also i think that part of The the argument that we're talking about specifically is when Justin finds out that Seth has been going to a psychiatrist, I think he yells, well, at least I'm not crazy or something like that, Um, Mm -hmm. and goes off about um, how he he might not be able to use his legs, but at least his brain works or something. And obviously, that's not appropriate, and we're coming now into an age where people are understanding that mental health is extremely important to your well-being, and that people are trying to... um, stop the negative information regarding seeing counselors and therapists and psychiatrists and we're normalizing it but people still think this way which is a huge bummer but yeah this was definitely a targeted attack at the time and it just you know it barreled out of control on both ends which I think is also again sibling things Hmm. I think
1: that siblings fight and they tend to fight dirty so I get it
0: I don't have siblings
1: (laughs) Chris, do you have siblings? This is this is critical information.
3: I, I have a brother, yes, and we've definitely both said things to each other in the heat <laughs> of the moment of a fight that were uncalled for and too far. Yeah. Nice. But he deserved it, so hmm.
1: <laughs> 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 Oh, I, there we go. I vividly remember getting into an argument with my sister and then the next day at school getting into a fight with a boy because he picked on her about something. And this is my older sister. So Ooh. this is a, I don't know, I was in like first grade. By a fight, I mean, I think I <laughs> pushed somebody.
0: Guys, like there's a special relationship. So Aaron and his sister are one year, one month, and one day apart. And like the things, like like at the, at one point in time his sister – tried to fight a doctor basically um so the doctor was putting a shot into aaron's leg and aaron started crying he was like i don't know a year old maybe or a few months old at this point so then his sister smacks the needle out of aaron's leg oh my god um, which does more harm than good as you can imagine oh But she was very much coming to the rescue of her little brother and was very upset at the doctor for making him cry and hurting him. And that is, although, like, they actually, they have more in common now, I would say, than they used to. Just that kind of happens as you grow up a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But, like, they were not particularly close in in high school, I could say, um, because I knew both of them. I was very good friends with his sister and then was dating Aaron. But... They're, like, very much cut from the same cloth. So it's very interesting that, like, yeah, we might not be the best of friends, but at the end of the day, we're the best of friends when it really counts, you know? Or, you know, we're, we're family. That's what it yeah. is. It's like, I'm I'm the one that gets to insult you. Somebody else does it,
2: they're going to have a problem. Like, <laughs> exactly. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is
0: my born right. <laughs> you are not in this.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: So I think that, I think we absolutely have to talk about Vic. We haven't talked about Vic yet. Not really. I love oh, Vic. Wow. Um, I don't know if anyone else has opinions. I am amazed that Vic was as patient and as tolerant as he was and that he came around and kept helping Justin and was like battling for him in a way and like helping him and helping his dad and you know, I just I really liked that character. I like the grumpy old man turned number one fan basically. And that he was a part of the team every step of the way that he was driving the sports car and Justin's right there with him that he at the end of the movie when Justin wins the spoiler Justin wins the race um (laughs) and the and Vic's right there on the podium with the whole family like he was a part of the family at the end and I like that
2: yeah I I agree I felt like Vic was kind of an unsung hero in the movie and also like and again I'm not sure if he has a real life counterpart or not especially since we've covered that uh, Justin's grandfather helped big build the
0: racer, not not their neighbor. um He the, he is a um, they they say something in that article about Vic, and in fact they say that the movie didn't do enough to characterize how wonderful he was. Aww. Basically, is what That's was sweet.
2: said. What a what a sweet man. Yeah, I was gonna say that um the movie wasn't about him, so like it's fine that they didn't delve into it. But I was definitely curious about his daughter and his wife because part of the reason the shed is shut up as we've as we've covered is it's full of his daughter's old racing stuff and he meant and like the videos in which the daughter appears in she's young i don't think she could be more than eight and those are the only images of her that we see and then we vic at one point mentions that um his his daughter passed away in a swimming accident um but that's literally all the background we know so I, I definitely agree that Vic was also like a main component of this movie and a big part of the heart, and it was it was part of also one of the redeeming qualities of Justin that like even though it, and it started off on a very bad relationship, um, <laughs> through Justin's actions, he kind of brought Vic back into the world because Vic was was essentially hiding he was a hermit he didn't talk to anybody he didn't he wasn't friends with anybody the reason that he came up at all was because he's weird and they've never once seen a light on in his house so they're like what does he do so they he brought him back into the world and brought him essentially back to life in that you know he he's now interacting with people he now has friends he you know is now hanging out with the dad all the time and he's doing things that he enjoys and i thought that that was a really beautiful kind of side story to to see
0: He's flirting with pretty girls in sports cars yes. right down the road. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 love, I loved Vic, um, and I wish that we had seen more of him. I really particularly liked the acting that this actor did um, a couple of different times when, because Justin, of course, can't leave well enough alone and is like, "'Vic, all I want is for you to help me get started.'" Vic takes them, shows them the ropes, shows them the, you know, the warm-up. This is what people say about the car. Some people say you have to have a black nose on a car. Um, here's how you weigh them. Here's, what, you know, all this stuff. They're walking back, and he's like, okay, so when are we going to build it? And Vic's like, whoa, you said that I just needed to show you the ropes. I did that. You gave me some cookies. Like, you know, I, Vic's like, I'm trying to be friendly here. And Justin's like, no, no. You know, I want a trophy and I'm like I can't I can't believe you keep putting this man through this But then at the same time like like Vic does such a good acting job of being like No, I can't go through this. Like I am emotionally and physically not prepared to enter this world again and I, I really, really loved love that whole characterization.
1: Hey, I have a super important question slash realization I just had. At the very end of the movie, we see like a close-up of uh, Frankie Munez looking up at his trophy case. And it's just the trophy for the race that he won. What happened to the trophy for the, uh, for the car <laughs> show?
2: <laughs> I'm not sure. I was thinking about that, too. We never actually see it.
1: He decided he's going to keep the shitty kids. Exactly. Yeah, he's like,
2: this is mine now. Absolutely not. You broke my car, <laughs> I keep your trophy. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's fair. I think that's fair too. <laughs> <laughs> but good question.
0: <laughs> so are we uh, ready to rate it? Or does anyone else have any final thoughts? Um, I think I'm good. I think we covered everything that was important to us. So I'll go first. Um, And i I think I'm going to give this a... I'm going to give it a seven.
1: A seven. That's higher than
0: I was expecting.
1: Out of what?
0: I mean, maybe a six. What's your scale? Can I go six and a half? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Uh... Uh, bed pans that the race car driver is using as a steering <laughs> wheel, and that's very strange. And then it's very strange that the bedpan is then in the sports car or in the race car on TV. It's very strange. And he strange. shows
1: it to news people, uh-huh. and they are unfazed you know by what? him carrying around this <laughs> You know
0: what? Just for that, we're, it's a six out of ten, 10 <laughs> bedpans.
1: All right. I liked this one a lot. I think I'm going to be a little bit higher than probably everyone else. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10 divine uh, sideburns. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. It was between Uh, divine sideburns and wheelchair angels. Oh,
0: my God. That's also weird. Okay, I think a
2: 6 is right. I do just want to throw in just because uh, you reminded me. I think that that scene, A... Agreed. Very weird. Um, not the best visual uh, component they could have added. But I do want to say that I do like the phrasing of the question. Justin, in his imagination uh, conversation with God, goes like, is everyone perfect when they go to heaven? Because I think he, you know, like like people with um, any kind of disability or are, are differently abled. They want to know, like, you know, if, if they'll be fully abled in the afterlife, if they believe in such a thing. And God's version of saying, yes, everyone is perfect, is showing him this this ideal afterlife with everybody in a wheelchair. And so, very, very weird visual effect, but I liked the meaning behind it. It was just a wild way to show it. <laughs>
1: and three of Agreed. the four like of us that. would agree that differently abled people are perfect.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: Aaron, I'm it's saying really nothing not anymore. <laughs> it's really, I'm not it's rating really this. Not you guys can funny. do this podcast by yourself. I'm out. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Aaron does this thing where he gets himself going and then he drives it literally into the ground. Um, so um, I apologize on behalf of of my household. Um, and, and I, I'll, I'm gonna let you know that I don't think that you think that there's an issue with dis- differently able people.
2: Oh my god.
3: Okay,
0: so
2: to backtrack, we've yes. got um, so a six and an eight. A six and an eight. Chris, how you feeling? Yes.
3: Um, Some of y'all might be mad, but it needs to be said. I'm gonna give this a four out of ten bottles of strawberry massage oil. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm
0: I'm not I'm not mad at that. Like, you know, I, I, I like that you gave it higher than I gave Can of Worms because this is a travesty at least had some redeeming qualities. Yeah. Um, unlike Can of Worms. <laughs>
3: yeah, like I just don't think this movie is made for me. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, it's just not my cup of tea. Not but I demographic. do Exactly. It... <laughs> but no, they did I really did like the the storyline with Seth the brother. I think they did that really well. Um, and the relationship between his, um, him and his brother, and then incorporating the therapy into it too—I thought that was awesome. But other than that, I just it wasn't really for me.
2: I think that's fair. Fair. Yeah, I am going to. Um, oh, did you give us scale? What? What? Are, oh, massage oil. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yes, okay. of course. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> um, I am gonna give it a seven because. Having not seen it, as I said, it exceeded my expectations. I was expecting kind of, again, I knew he was going to win the race. It's called Miracle. The poster has him holding a trophy. But, um, <laughs> again, like, going into it, I was very nervous. I thought it was going to be kind of dark and um, something that was going to make me feel bad. You know, like, because that's the thing. I feel like I, I get sec- you get secondhand embarrassment. I get secondhand, like, un- like, uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be, like. This is just going to bring me down, and I can't think of a good time that I'd want to watch this movie. And then, even though the humor was not my jam, it definitely exceeded those expectations. I think the surreal aspects they threw in there were very creative, and they kept the movie moving quickly, as well as informatively, and as well as, like, it did, it, you know, was a good out for anything that would have been too heavy for a Disney movie. So, I thought they did a good job with that. So, I'm going to give it a
0: 7 trophies race car trophies nice i am going through just very quickly like the whole each decom ranked based on feminism and i don't even see this one on this list which checks out because like there's no women yeah there's only Um, the mom and
2: i think the best the friend of seth who doesn't i don't think have a name he has two friends in the movie and i don't know any of their names yeah yeah like i this that one's a bust here
1: i think um I have a question, just like a food for thought. But since we know that the writers of this movie were friends, presumably friends of the family, does it make it weirder, the whole obsession with the strawberry massage oil?
0: (laughs) Yes, that's what I was saying. Do you think they're in
1: church? Just like, I bet they like it real nasty.
0: (laughs) Stop. No, we have to cut that out. Maybe they just visited
3: their house once and there was a bottle of strawberry massage oil out. You know, no. no either I'm way, I'm very uncomfortable.
0: No. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with this, with this <laughs>
2: conversation. I was thinking in the other direction of being like, if they know the family, does Justin feel like the writers think he's a shit person? <laughs> like, that was more my thought process. But I think both yes. can be
1: true. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
2: I'm very uncomfortable. Okay, with- so we've got um, uh, six, seven, eight, and four. What does that equal? Twenty-five.
1: Uh, yes, which makes it a 6 point, 6.5?
2: Six point so, well, if it's 6.25, six point six point f- six then five. we're going to yeah. round it down to a 6. So this Miracle in lane 2 gets a 6 from the D plus students, which I think is is pretty fair.
0: Yeah. So, uh, join us in two weeks when we discuss, um, st-
1: Sister from Planet Sister from Planet yes. Weird. Yes.
0: Oh, this is going to be weird. Is a, yes yes it is that's one of the, that's one of the words in the title so um i think i think we can all agree that it's i, I don't know sometimes titles can be misleading this title is very long and very specific i believe <laughs> kind of like a miracle in lane two like would not say this is a miracle but you know okay also don't really reference lane two except when they're like throwing some golf balls down it and they're like oh lane two is faster let's do that one but then I'm like, do you get to pick the lane? I'm very confused. I, I'm still unclear. Yes. Instructions, i The clear.
1: short answer is that yes. If you have the higher qualifier, you get to pick which lane you want to be in.
0: Okay. Oh, that's cool. Right. I didn't know that.
2: That
1: is true of most races.
0: Cool. All righty. Well, Aaron teaches us race things. So.
1: <laughs> be prepared for me to explain in detail why you would want to pick one lane over the other. <laughs> it has a lot to do with heat and oil.
0: Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so, like in NASCAR, when they're all in different lanes.
1: I mean, yes, there is typically a faster lane, and uh, is yeah, there, but that's not. Are
0: they all not the same length?
1: I mean, objectively, no.
0: So join us next week, or <laughs> right, and join us in, join us in two weeks when we uh, discuss steps Step Step sister for planet, planet yeah. weird. Yeah. All right, bye guys. Bye bye. bye. bye.